All right, Jason Riley is with us today from the Manhattan Institute and the Wall Street Journal. He's going to talk about the race baiting of the left and how the right should respond. Hillary Clinton just unleashed a dramatic response to the allegations of Harvey Weinstein's sexual abuse. Here she is taking off on Harvey Weinstein. Oh, wait. She didn't say anything. <laughs> I don't want to go back to my... I, I'm writing a response for her. I've written a statement for Hillary Clinton. I wanted to say, it's high time women spoke out against men who abuse women. Unless those men can help their careers, then they should keep silent about it for decades and try to destroy any women who accuses them. And then when it turns out that doesn't help your career as much as you'd hoped, you can become a bitter, hard-drinking wretch pretending your personal disappointment is feminism. Maybe she won't put that. <laughs> I thought it would work. Also, there's all this feuding and drama going on in Washington, D.C. It is as if we are watching Real Housewives of the Swamp, and we will talk about that. Trigger warning. I'm Andrew Clavin. This is The Andrew Clavin Show. I feel hunky-dunky. Life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Ship-shaped, ipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day, hooray, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray, oh, hooray, hooray. All right, a lot of good stuff coming up tomorrow is mailbag, first of all. Got to get those mailbag questions in. How do you do it? Well, you go to thedailywire.com, press the podcast thing. There is a button, right? It says send in your mail. But you got to subscribe. It's a lousy 10 bucks a month. Then you can watch the entire show on the dailywire.com website. If you subscribe for 100 bucks for the year, you get the Leftist Tears Tumblr. Did I say that wrong? It's 10 bucks per month, 10 yeah. lousy bucks per month, 100 bucks for the year. You have this dopey look on your face. Maybe, oh, that's just your dopey that's look. Just <laughs> yeah, that's just the way you look. All right, you get the Leftist Tears Tumblr. Also, next week, Tuesday, October 17th, I am doing my version of the conversation where I will be on Facebook Live, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, uh, October 17th. That means it streams live on the Daily Wire Facebook page and on our YouTube channel. It's available for everyone to watch, but again, got to subscribe if you want to ask me questions. You can ask about anything. You can be that like that guy on the Facebook page we read yesterday who found God, even, even through Andrew Clavin. <laughs> so you can ask me about anything you want. Answers, as always, as with the mailbag, guaranteed 100% correct and will change your life on occasion for the better. So that's that. Uh, Knowles and my podcast, Another Kingdom, will come out on Friday the 13th, and we'll t talk about that more when that happens. And I know what you're all thinking. You're thinking, how do you look so fantastic? Why do you look so good? It's because I work out like an SOB. I do, a constant, constant working out. And when you travel, you got to have your workout stuff with you. And that is why Beachbody On Demand is really good. Because not only can you have it in your house, not only can you watch it you know, wherever you are, you can take it wherever you are and keep your workouts going. Beachbody On Demand is an online fitness streaming service that gives you unlimited access to a wide variety of highly effective world-class workouts personalized to meet your needs, plus extensive nutritional content, all proven to help people achieve their health and fitness goals. With step-by-step -step program guides, workout calendars, comprehensive nutrition plans, an innovative portion control-focused cooking show called Fixate, and the motivation and support of a growing community, Beachbody On Demand is the total package. There's all kind of uh, familiar brands, P90X, which I have done, and uh, I, I have to say, it will. if it doesn't get you in shape, 
it's because you'll stop because it's hard. No, it's really hard, really good stuff. 21 day fix, over 600 different workouts and over 100 recipe videos. My listeners can claim a free trial membership. So you can start it out. Andrew Claven listeners, just text Andrew to 303030 and you will get full access to this entire platform for free. Work out. You can look like me, except good-looking and in excellent condition. That'll be that'll be the only. Otherwise, you'll look exactly like me. I have to start out talking about this thing with Ivana Trump, only because it's symbolic of all the stuff that's happening in Washington. Ivana Trump is uh, obviously Donald Trump's first wife. It's not Ivanka. This is Ivana. Is. Uh, plugging her new book, Raising Trump, her memoir. And she goes on TV, on CNN, and she says she's not phoning the White House. She's not going to phone the White House because she doesn't want to make Melania jealous. And here's the clip. I have the direct number to the White House, but I don't really want to call him there because Melania is there, and I don't want to cause any kind of jealousy or something like that because I'm basically first Trump wife, okay? <laughs> I'm first lady, okay? She says she's first lady, and Melania didn't like that. Melania issued this response. Ah! Ah! Oh! <laughs> that hurts when they slam your face into the table. <laughs> that's, not, that's not actually what happened. I made that up. The first lady fired back via a sharply worded statement to CNN from her communications director, Stephanie Grisham. She said, Mrs. Trump has made the White House a home for Barron and the president. She loves living in Washington, D.C., and is honored by her role as first lady of the United States. She plans to use her title and role to help children not sell books. There's clearly no substance to this statement from an ex. This is unfortunately only attention-seeking and self-serving noise. Man, oh, man. Catfight, catfight. So, <laughs> I know it's terrible. I'm sorry. I'll stop. But it is, you know, what's funny about it, it does have this kind of uh, reality TV atmosphere, and that atmosphere is carried over into the government because now we also have this feud between Bob Corker and the president. Bob Corker is the senator from Tennessee. He says he's not running again. He's stepping down, and now he's started to go. Actually, Trump went off on him first in a Twitter thing, and then Corker, in a phone conversation with The New York Times, which The New York Times subsequently published, uh, here, here is just a, a little clip of that. Yeah, sometimes I feel like he, he's on a reality show of some kind, you yeah. know, when he's talking about these big foreign policy issues. And, yeah. and you know, he, he doesn't realize that, you know, that we could be heading towards World War Three with yeah. the kind of comments that he's making. And it's like he, it, it's like it's an act of come and sure that bothers me. So, so he's claiming that, that Trump is just out of control. Trump fired back with, I love this, he, his Twitter feed says, the failing New York Times set little Bob Corker up by recording his conversation. It was made to sound like a fool. That's what I am dealing with. And then Corker fires back. This is, like, this is like even worse than what's happening with the First Lady. Corker fired back. It's a shame the White House has become an adult daycare center. Someone obviously missed their shift this morning. <laughs> Gosh. So our government, your government at work. You know what it gets me about this? All, all through these hurricanes, this horrible shooting in Vegas, we saw ordinary Americans. I was, I was 
not joking, I don't know, just noting the irony that one of the real heroes of Vegas saved 30 lives, a guy named John Smith, you know, like every man, he's just named every man. And the, uh, regular Americans are behaving with such nobility under this crisis, such heroism, such togetherness. You don't see any racial disagreements on the flood, you know, you saw white people saving black people, black people saving white people. Not, it's only our government, it's only the people in charge, and Hollywood, it's only the, the powerful rich people, with, they're like the worst people in the country, like the regular people are great, you know, and it, which is it's true. From just from lived experience, from lived experience, you travel outside New York and L.A. I used to say this as a kid because I traveled all over the country. I was in every state of the union except North Dakota because I figured South Dakota, North Dakota, it's the same thing. But I was in every state of the union, traveled around, met people. Y you get outside of L.A. and New York, and this country is some of the nicest people on earth are in this country. And, and to be honest with you, it's true in L.A. and New York, too, when you're not dealing with Harvey Weinstein, when you're dealing with, like, the regular people on the street. Per people are perfectly nice. So the question is, is this like another little spat, or is this indicative of something else? Because Steve Bannon now, you all remember Steve Bannon, used to be uh, Trump's lieutenant, now runs Breitbart. He left, and he's been saying that he's going to be his role running Breit the Breitbart site is to fight the establishment gov the establishment GOP, who he feels is trying to undermine Trump's agenda. He feels that Trump has come in with his new agenda, drain the swamp, reshape the face of conservatism, but the old conservatives don't want to let go of power. So he goes on Hannity last night, and he basically says that uh, that this is that Corker doing this is saying what everybody in the establishment GOP is thinking. Here's that cut. When you want to talk about why there's no repeal and replace, why there's no tax cut, why there's no tax reform, why there's no infrastructure bill, you saw it right there. Corker, McConnell and Corker and the entire clique, establishment globalist clique on Capitol Hill have to go. And if he needs any, if we need any more proof about what they think, you heard it tonight, it's an absolute disgrace. I've been told by people in the room. So it's an absolute disgrace, he says. And he says that he is using this. Bannon, remember Bannon was down in Alabama helping uh, Roy Moore, who won the primary there, and it was this arch-conservative, pro-religious candidate. Trump was on the other side, but, but Bannon was saying, no, the Trumpist candidate is, uh, is Roy Moore, and Roy Moore won. Now he says he is going to do this across the board. And Hannity and he have this exchange. Now, remember, in 2010, the Tea Party put up some candidates, and a lot of these candidates got shot down because they weren't vetted properly, they weren't ready for prime time. But Bannon says that's not going to happen this time. He is organizing, and not just him, it's obviously the money behind him, the Mercer money behind him. He is organizing to have a full-scale assault on a primary assault on the GOP establishment. Listen to this exchange. It's a lack of sense of urgency. By the way, these guys work three days a week. The American people now, people are working two jobs, their wives are working two jobs. They know the urgency out there on the economic hate crimes that have been perpetuated on the American working men and this women, women in this country because of the trade deals. Is this a fair statement? Is Steve Bannon declaring war on the establishment that are not for the working men and women in this country? hundred uh, percent. We, we are declaring war on the Republican establishment that does not back the agenda that Donald Trump ran on and the president of the United States, and that is an agenda that we know backs the working men and so women in this country. this is basically a war because you know what McConnell did in Alabama. 
And you know there are people out there. Look, I've like had donors. Carl Rove I've had is going to put in all I've, their money. Carl Rove, Stephen Law, these guys should get the joke. Their donors are coming to us because they're tired of having their money burned up by trying to destroy people like Judge Moore. It's a new game in town. We're going to cut off the oxygen to Mitch McConnell. It's always hard when Bannon is talking to know how much of this is kind of overblown. He's always using war terms. Uh, he, he used to send emails, internal emails at Breitbart with hashtag war would be the way he would sign them and all this talk. But, but he is in, you know, he does direct some serious money from the Mercers. He could really make trouble for some of these people. And I do, I do not believe they're listening to this and shrugging it off. There's one woman, I have to, this is a tangent, but I have to say this. There's a woman named Marsha Blackburn who is running to fill Corker's seat in Tennessee because he's stepping down and she is selling herself as a hardline conservative. She put this ad up yesterday. This is a two and a half minute ad. We're just going to play a little clip. But she put this ad up yesterday and it was on Twitter and it got banned from Twitter for the following little piece of information. Listen to this. I know the left calls me a wing nut or a knuckle-dragging conservative, and you know what? I say, that's all right, bring it on. I'm 100% pro-life. I fought Planned Parenthood, and we stopped the sale of baby body parts, thank God. Now, Twitter came out and said that was just too inflammatory to talk about stopping the sale of baby body parts, which, in fact, was going on. Planned Parenthood was doing it. Planned Parenthood issued this statement. If we can kill all the babies, we can have sex, sex, sex for everyone all the time and use the bodies of our children to keep us alive forever like these people here. I would play that video every day. I, so I, mean, that, that is, I just, just for those of you who don't know, that is the first video when they first hired me at the Daily Wire. They, you know, they wanted me to do satirical videos, and like an idiot. That was because the story had just come out, and my, like what was left of my hair was on fire. I used to have this full, beautiful head of hair, but when I found out they were selling body parts, it just burst into flame and it was gone. And so I, this was my first video. And of course, I showed it to management, and they were like, uh, "Nah, not a devil eating black." babies we don't want to see, see that they didn't they hadn't gotten used to my sense of humor let's let's put it that way but, but now now they think it's they do think it's funny they they did get get used to me anyway it's not so what Bannon says does have a certain amount of resonance because it's not just the GOP establishment. It is the establishment per se. When Twitter is cutting somebody down for saying what is absolutely true. And by the way, you can say virtually anything on Twitter. The ugliness, the, all the stuff that people said about Ben Shapiro and me to some degree, the anti-Semitic stuff, nobody took them down. Nobody stopped them from saying this. But oh my goodness, if you say something about Planned Parenthood, that is a problem. And that is, that is where Trump gets his jet fuel. That is jet fuel for Donald Trump. When people hear that they can't say, they can't speak their mind about abortion, when people hear that they can't, they're not allowed to say, oh, don't kneel at the flag, you know, at a football game. When people hear that, you know, one comedian after another on the air is going to diss their point of view, that is jet fuel to Donald Trump. So the Washington Post, all the newspapers really, including the Wall Street Journal, and shame on them for this, they, they've, they're depicting Trump as basically an isolated crazy man, that Corker, they're they're basically 
uh, backing Corker's play. I'll read you a little bit of what the Washington Post says about Donald Trump. It says, Trump in recent days has shown flashes of fury and left his aides, including White House Chief of Staff John Kelly, scrambling to manage his outbursts. He has been frustrated in particular with Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, who was reported last week to have earlier called the president a moron. One Trump confident like, confidant likened the president to a whistling teapot, saying that when he does blow off steam, he can turn into a pressure cooker, and when he does not blow off steam, he can turn into a pressure cooker and explode. I think we are in pressure cooker territory, said this person who spoke on the condition of anonymity to talk candidly. Right. So not, you never know who these people are, what acts they have to grind. Um, this portrait... Uh, of the president increasingly isolated in the capital city is based on interviews with 18 White House officials, outside advisors, and other Trump associates. So you don't know who these people are. But listen, what they, what they go on to say, and the, the Wall Street Journal says this too, basically, is that the signs that, that Trump is going nuts are like his attacks on the NFL and his, you know, the things he's saying, oh, and the immigrant thing, you know, he, he said, Chuck and Nancy, as we now call them, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, said they had a deal with Donald Trump that they were going to let the Dreamers, the DACA people, stay in America. These immigrants, these people who were brought over as children illegally, but uh, Obama gave them a pass with an executive order, and Donald Trump said they had to go. The executive order was being rescinded, but then Chuck and Nancy said, no, we made a deal to keep them. Then Trump came out and said, I think this was yesterday, he came out and said, well, wait, if we're going to keep them, because Trump never said there was a deal. He never said there was a deal. Somebody in the White House did say the wall was off the table, but Trump never said it. He didn't say there was a deal. Now he says if the, if the Dreamers are going to be allowed to stay, he will insist on the construction of a wall across the southern border, the hiring of 10,000 immigration agents, tougher laws for those seeking asylum, and denial of federal grants to sanctuary cities. The White House is also demanding the use of the E-Verify program by companies. And so everybody's saying, oh, he's scuttling the deal. He's scuttling the deal. You know, he's and, and Chuck and Nancy said, are you serious? He can't be serious and all this stuff. So here's the thing about Trump. Trump does seem to me to be a volatile and sometimes childishly narcissistic person who goes off in personal feuds when he should be playing the game. Okay. And oh, and the other thing, you know, what Corker's saying, he's talking about North Korea. He's talking about all the tweets about North Korea and and how, you know, this, he's going to lead us to World War III. That's what Corker is talking about when he says it's going to be World War III. So, so Donald Trump is a lot of the things that, you know, his opponents say he is. But... But Donald Trump has appointed 30 great judges. He has rolled back uh, regulations in big and important ways. He's driving the news media crazy, which I think is really important. Uh, today, they're signing a, they're rescinding Obama's uh, executive order. It's called something like the Clean Energy Bill. It was basically just set there to attack uh, the coal industry. They've expanded religious rights for those who don't want to pay for birth control. And of course, that was amazing. The left, all these powerful feminists, what do you mean you're not going to pay for my birth control? What do you mean What do you mean people have religious rights? I mean, believe me, Barack Obama didn't care whether the little sisters of the poor paid for birth control. All he cared about was establishing the principle that the government trumped the church, that the government could tell religious people what to do, no matter what their conscience has said. And whether you're religious or not, by the way, you need churches to defend your right to conscience. Your, you can't defend it alone. These powerful institutions fighting back against the government is how your conscience gets protected. So Trump has done all these things. What has Congress done? This is the problem. You can blame Donald Trump for not 
hurting the cats, and he hasn't done, in my opinion, a great job of, you know, getting Congress to act. But when Congress is attacking Trump, I think the people are looking at this and saying, well, Trump, you know, can be volatile. He, I wish he'd stop tweeting so much. This is what people tell me. When I talk to ordinary people, they just say, you know, to non-political people, I mean, they, they just say, you know, I wish he'd stop all the tweeting and all this stuff, but he's doing a, a pretty good job. But what has Congress done? Like nothing. And if Bob Corker or anybody else, because remember, Bob Corker's not running, but a lot of people are, if they think they're going to go and attack Trump and get reelected with Steve Bannon fighting them and primarying them, I think they're making a big, big mistake. Which brings me to the subject of underwear. And <laughs> I know there's a segue in there, so maybe their underwear is too tight. I don't know. There's a segue in there somewhere. But I know that you want to love your underwear, right? You've got to love your underwear because you don't, you, don't need, you don't even want to be thinking about your underwear unless you're thinking, I love me undies. I love me undies. My God, I love me undies. That's why there's me undies. Me undies has revolutionized underwear. First, they have all different kinds of designs, hilarious designs, or just normal designs, whatever you want. You go on their website, the uh, MeUndies, go to MeUndies.com. You can see all the different designs they have, and they change them all the time, and they listen to your suggestions and all this. But also, the fabric they use, it's, it's like magic fabric. It's like it's like a Walt Disney fabric. It is so soft. It's. It, I think they say it's three times softer than cotton it's made from the galubinous wood from the monogamy tree. I don't know what the heck it is, some crazy thing, but whatever it is, it's eco-friendly, and you put this stuff on, it really is different, a different feeling, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. You will love MeUndies or your money back. I'm telling you, I, I wear them when I hike a lot of times because they're just so much more comfortable when you're walking along like that. You can get 20% off your first pair and free shipping if you are a listener to this show. It's a no-brainer, 20% off, free shipping, 100% satisfaction, guaranteed, and great underwear. Here's how you do it. To get your 20% off, free shipping, and the 100% satisfaction guaranteed with the best and softest underwear you will ever own, go to MeUndies.com slash Clavin. Can you spell that, please? It's M-E-U-N. Oh, Clavin. It's K-L-A-V-A-N. Go on MeUndies.com slash Clavin. It's a limited time offer, so don't wait. Start wearing the best underwear of your life. It is really, really, really comfortable. Go to MeUndies.com slash Clavin right now. We have got to break from YouTube and Facebook, so you can come over to thedailywire.com and watch the entire show without these kinds of breaks. You won't be cast into the exterior darkness. Plus, the mailbag is tomorrow, so you want to get your questions in now. We will take them live, too, but you want to get questions in now so we can be prepared. It's much easier for all of us. Ten lousy bucks a month. You can watch the whole thing at thedailywires.com. A hundred lousy bucks for the year, and you get the Leftist Tears Tumblr. Come on over. We lost Jason Riley. How come? He just didn't make... Uh, that's too bad. All right. So let us talk then about Harvey Weinstein. Because uh, the response to this Harvey Weinstein thing is, has been... Un, it's unbelievable what is, what is happening. I mean, first of all, from the left, Obama and Hillary, silence. 
nothing. Okay. And of course, the late night, I mean, it's, it's ripe for the late night comics. This powerful, powerful, powerful producer of some of the most famous movies ever made has been caught chasing women around. So you know that late night comics are going to go right after my hero. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel, right? He's the conscience of our nation. Jimmy Kimmel is the conscience. That's why, he, that's why he's on Mount Rushmore, because Jimmy Kimmel is the conscience of our nation. So here he is talking about a Twitter fight he got in with Don, Donald Trump Jr., he replied to me uh, after I replied to his father. He wrote, thoughts on Harvey Weinstein, hashtag asking for a friend. He's speaking, uh, I don't know if you know about this, but there was an expose in the New York Times about decades of sexual harassment accusations made against the movie producer Harvey Weinstein, who is not the president and isn't particularly well known outside of LA and New York. But the insinuation was that we, as part of the biased left-wing media pro propaganda machine, wouldn't say anything about him because he's a Democrat. Never mind the thousands of jokes about Bill Cosby and Bill Clinton and all the other bills of that ilk. So I wrote back, you mean that big story from the failing liberal one-sided New York Times? I think it is disgusting. And he replied, great, I look forward to your monologues next week. You're probably due for a change, if only for a moment or two. And I responded, great, in the meantime, enjoy this. And I posted a link to the video of Daddy on the Access Hollywood bus. So that's so he went used the Weinstein thing to go after Donald Trump. The courage of this man, the courage, and also the high comedy. I mean, I could not stop laughing. I could at least at least Jimmy Fallon made an actual joke. Here's Fallon. Another big story: Harvey Weinstein was fired by his company yesterday for being accused of sexual harassment. Not good. They said if he keeps it up, he'll wind up with his own show on Fox News. <laughs> so I think they've only got one target. They've only, they've only got one setting. The one setting is this target, you know, is the right-wing target. I, I, like I said, jet fuel for Donald Trump. But let's, let's talk a little bit more about this, because more stuff is coming out about Harvey Weinstein, more stuff about what he did. And it's, it's pretty... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Disgusting? Is that, I think that's, I kind of think that's it, you know? Yeah. Uh, disgusting, I think, is I'm going to have to go with that. So I'm going to play a little bit of this, and it is, it's, it's disturbing, but it's worth, it's worth listening to. Uh, first of all, here is the, the police, you know that show, uh, Law and Order SVU, right? Yeah. I always think it should be SUV, that they steal luxury vans, yeah, but uh, SVU, Special Victims Unit. The police Special Victims Unit was getting enough complaints about Harvey Weinstein chasing women, grabbing women, even apparently attempted rape, that they started to wire some of these women. Now, I don't know specifically, this is a model who went in and Weinstein tried to get her to watch him take a shower. It's backwards. What? Yeah, it's backwards that he should be wanting to watch her take a shower. I mean, that's, that is the thing that gets me about this. What is it with these powerful guys that they don't just trade for sex, right? If you're going to be a jackass, just get some sex, right? If you're going to be a monster, say, I'll give you a... Isn't that what they used to do in the old Hollywood? The old Hollywood is you want a part, you have to sleep with me. That was the casting couch. But this is if you want a part, you have to watch me take a shower? I mean, yuck. Uh, anyway, listen to this tape. It's, it is amazing. I'm telling you right now. What do we have to do here? Nothing. I'm going to take a shower. You sit there and have a drink. Water. I don't drink. Uh, can I stay on the bar? No. You must come here now. No. Please. No, I don't want to. I'm not doing anything with you. I I'm very embarrassing. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I cannot. No, yesterday was a kind of aggressive for I, me. I'm not going to go to the bathroom. Please, I don't want to do something I don't want go to. Go to the bathroom. Come here. Listen to me. I want to go downstairs. I'm not going to do anything. You'll never see me again after this. Please come in. On everything, I'm a famous I'm, guy. I'm feeling please, very uncomfortable right now. Please come in now, and one minute. And if you want to leave, when the guy comes with my jacket, well, you can go. Yesterday, you 
touch my breast. Oh, please, I'm sorry. Just come on. I'm used to that. Come on. Are you please. used to that? Yes, come in. No, but I'm not used to that. I won't do it again. Come on. Sit here. I'll never do another thing to you. Five minutes. Don't ruin your friendship with me for five minutes. It's, I know, but it's kind of like, it's too much for me. I can't. Oof. Oof. That is really something else. That is really something else. I'm famous. I'm famous, you know? It's like, I, I want to emphasize here for just a minute, though, so you understand some of this stuff, because I know a lot of these women, like Jessica Chastain was attacked. The actress said, I didn't come out and say anything because it never happened to me, so it wasn't my story to tell, and people were uh, making fun of her. But I think that's actually legit. You know, you don't come out and tell other people's story. But the thing I want to emphasize is that Weinstein is a big guy, a, a big guy. He has beaten up reporters while reporters were watching, and nobody said anything about him. So he's not just he's not just big and famous, like big and powerful, but he's physically big. You know, and so, sometimes, I mean, this is true of me, it's true of all, all guys, I think, but we, we sometimes don't understand the strength differential. I mean, that's one of the reasons I always attack Hollywood movies, where you see the girl punches some guy and the guy goes rolling backside over tea kettle out the door and you know that I always say you know what happens when a girl punches a man is that her fist breaks and then he beats her up I mean a lot of the women who end up in the hospital you know were actually in a physical fight with with men and it's not a good situation and people always you know they, the left always has this crazy thing of answering generalities with some specific exception so they'll say well you know if a mar mixed martial arts fighter you know came and Ronda Rousey came and punched you you'd feel of course but that's that's not the point the point is this is a big big guy when he corners a woman, he has a, a massive, massive, not just a power differential, but an actual strength differential. Which brings me to this other piece of Lauren Sivan. She used to be a Fox a news host, very beautiful woman. This story, this story got me because, first of all, she's obviously like just a perfectly reasonable human being. And she was talking to Harvey Weinstein. And again, Harvey Weinstein, you know, Meryl Streep called him God, and that was not far off if you were in the Hollywood or entertainment business. So she's talking to him at a dinner, and she's flattered by his attention, and he's flattering her about how knowledgeable she is and how intelligent she is. And he wants, says he wants to show her something, and he takes her downstairs, lures her, there's no other word, he lures her downstairs into the basement of this place, and suddenly she realizes that she's alone with him in this basement, and he blocks her path. I mean, remember, again, a big, big man. Listen to this. He cornered me in this vestibule and um, leaned in and, and tried to kiss me, which I immediately rebuffed and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I had no idea that that's what this was. I'm sorry, you know, I have a very serious boyfriend and I'm not interested. And I thought it would end there. Mm -hmm. But that's when he blocked the entrance or exit for me and said, well, then just stand there and be quiet. And that's when I realized, oh, did you know what was about to happen? No idea. No idea. Completely shocked. And yet, what is going to happen? Like, Stand up and stand there and be quiet. I had no idea what was going to happen, and, and it, it happened very quickly. And what? he immediately um, exposed himself and, you know, began pleasuring himself. And I just stood there. It, it, it's, I mean, you almost, you almost have some sort of 
pity for this guy, like he's mentally ill, because the, you could hear it in that other tape with the model, the compulsion, you know, that he couldn't let her, he couldn't let her go. You know, what, you'd think that at some point you say, like, you know what, this is not working out for me. You know, this woman is saying, no, 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 you let her go. But he couldn't, he couldn't, and he blocks her off. And what was really touching in this video is Lauren Sivan says that this is the moment when she suddenly realized that everything he had been saying to her was about this. Everything he'd been saying to her was about this, right? Was It was not like she was talented. It was not that she was knowledgeable. It was not that she was doing a good job. It was all about this. And and there's something about that. I, I can really feel that. I can feel that, you know, you're talking to this guy and he's a powerful guy and an important guy and you're in the entertainment business to some degree, you know, and, and he's flattering you and suddenly you realize it's just because he wants to stand in front of you and handle himself while you watch. I mean, and that's, I, I, I just find that an incredible, you know, must feel incredibly degrading, but also just threatening stand there and he's blocking her way. And you can see, you know, she's a, she's girl size, you know, she's, she's woman size and he's blocking her way. So this is what made the comments of Donna Karan, the designer to the stars and designers to the left. Uh, you know, when you hear it kind of upsetting, cause she says, you know, maybe we women are asking for it. How do we display ourselves? How do we present ourselves as women? What are we asking? Are we asking for it? You know, by presenting all the sensuality and all the sexuality? You know, and what are we throwing out to our children today? You know, about, about That's a huge how, to question, how to dance and, you know, how to perform and what to wear. You know, how much do they show? I don't think it's only Harvey Weinstein. Well, it's certainly not only Harvey Weinstein, but you know, it, it, these 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 comments really interested me because I have some sympathy with them. Not in context, not in the context of Harvey Weinstein, because Harvey Weinstein, what he was doing was monstrous. You know, I mean, that's not too strong a word to take people's rights and physically abuse them like that and physically suck real people into your crummy little f sexual fantasy life, you know, th th that's, that is monstrous. That's a monstrous thing to do. So I have no uh, sympathy with that. But what, she, but what Donna Karen is saying, you know, has a certain amount of truth to it. It's just this is not the time. This is not the point. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's true that pe we should all kind of tend to be a little bit more modest, I think. We should probably dampen down the sexual frisson this society puts out constantly. But that's not the point. That is not the point. We're all living in the same society, and we don't all do this. It, it is these powerful guys. And look, it's not about the left. It just we're, we're, we relish this a little bit because it's about the left. It's not Bill O'Reilly. It's not Roger Ailes. But of course, it's, it's about powerful guys abusing their power. But the point about the left the point about the left is what this says, because this goes back to the opening of the show where I was talking about, is this, are these little feuds, is this just reality TV, or is it a civil war in the GOP? But this, this Harvey Weinstein story is also about the civil war that's happening on the Democrat side, okay? Because when Jimmy Kimmel says, oh, we made jokes about Bill Cosby, that's disingenuous. Bill Cosby operated assuming that he was guilty, assuming he was doing these things. And I've talked to people who I believe who say he was and did it to them. You know, Bill Cosby operated like that 
for decades and decades and decades, and it was only when he started to kind of decline as a star that then people started to, to take these complaints seriously. And as for Bill Clinton, the left almost uniformly defended him. I mean, this is Maureen Dowd at the New York Times, the only person whose hands are clean on the left because she actually did go after him. But this is indicative of something. Lee Smith in the Weekly Standard, the fact that they're going after Harvey Weinstein now, the fact that this major, major political donor to the left and also organizer of donors, a fundraiser for the left, the fact that he's going down now. Lee Smith at the Weekly Standard wrote this piece saying what this indicates is that the court over which Bill Clinton once presided, a court in which Weinstein was one part jester, one part exchequer, the banker, and one part executioner, that court no longer exists. Play this thought experiment, Lee Smith says. Would the Weinstein story have been published if Hillary Clinton had won the presidency? No. And not because he's a big Democratic fundraiser. It's because if the story was published during the course of a Hillary Clinton presidency, it wouldn't have been about Harvey Weinstein. Harvey would have been seen as a proxy for the president's husband, and it would have embarrassed the president, the first female president. You remember, you remember when Donald Trump at the debate started to bring this stuff up, everybody gasped, like, oh, he's going there. Oh, my goodness, is he going to go there? Well, only Donald Trump was rude enough to go there, but anybody should go there. I mean, this is the way, this is the way the left controls us. The left controls us by making us feel that speaking the simple truth is somehow a violation of, you know, it's sexist or it's racist or whatever. Donald Trump is, is too much of a bore to be, to be constrained by those things. But of course, of course it was important to bring this up. She covered for this guy who was accused of rape. She covered for him. She attacked. She ran the anti-bimbo squad uh, attacking his accusers. So now Lee Smith goes on and says when Bill Clinton was running the party, he offered get-out-of-jail-free cards to a whole army of sleazeballs, from Jeffrey Epstein to Harvey Weinstein to the foreign donors to the Clinton Global Initiative. The deal was simple. Pay up genuflect and get on with your existence. It was like a papacy selling indulgences at the same time that everyone knew that the Cardinals were up to no good. The 2016 election demolished Clinton world once and for all to be replaced by the cult of Obama, an austere sect designated by their tailored hair shirts with Nehru collars. That is not who we are as Americans, they chant, and Harvey Weinstein's ashes are scattered in the wind. In other words, the Democrat Party has been taken over by the far left, and the far left is perfectly happy to watch these old Clinton guys go down the drain. There are civil wars on both sides, and because of the civil war on the left, that's why they can't take advantage as, as much as they would like to of the civil war on the right. All right, let's get to sexual follies. I'm sorry, I always love that. I, I have to start by just playing this piece that was put up on the Daily Wire. because I, I, made, I did a, an opening about this a while back, uh, about marrying yourself. This is a feminist movement where, you know, you don't, ha you don't have to get married to another person. You simply marry yourself. And I just want you to hear these vows. I hope you can hear them. Let's, let's play it. I love how you have compassion and empathy for others. I love how you have compassion and empathy for others. She's talking into a mirror, and the person, whoever it is who is administering the marriage to herself, says, repeat after me, I love how you have compassion and empathy for others. 
but there are no others. It's just her. She's talking to herself. So it, it, here is the thing that really gets me about this. I was talking yesterday how it's odd that the people who believe in Darwin look backwards to some silly, treacly idea of the noble savage, and the people who believe in Adam and Eve look forward to you know a, a life with God and a, a return to our uh, forgiven status with God. It is also a very strange thing that the people who emphasize sex, they want to ban everything except for sex. They want to ban ideas. They want to ban speech. They want to ban, you know, uh, the conservative movement as a whole. They want to ban jokes from conservatives. Everything they want to ban. But, they, but as long as it's sex, whatever the sex is, you know, that they want to, that they support. But why is it they're the ones who end up marrying themselves? Why is it they're the ones who end up hating everything about sexuality except the actual act. They hate everything. Here is, here is this thing, Mo, uh, this new study, right? A new study suggests the real problem in children's lives. It's not that they don't have fathers. It's not that the uh, culture around them is crap. It's not that they can get porn on a handheld device. That's not the problem. The real problem is that they have sexual identities. They have gender identities, okay? A new study suggests that no matter where children live, real talk about relationships, identity, and sexuality should start even earlier. Why? To minimize the negative impacts of gender roles. That is the problem in children's life. More than biology, this is uh, from CNN, I think. More than biology, family, friends, and society uh, influence impressions of what it means to be a boy or a girl, placing rigid gender expectations on children from a young age. In recent years, a growing body of research has focused on health inequities that result from enforced gender norms in children. This study, published Wednesday in the Journal of Adolescent Health, contributes a global perspective to this issue. The key finding... Whether a child is in Baltimore, Beijing, or New Delhi, the onset of adolescence triggers a common set of rigidly enforced gender expectations associated with increased lifelong risks of mental and physical health problems. Because you are a boy or a girl and expected to act more like a boy if you're a boy than a girl and more like a girl like a girl, that's your problem. Adolescent health risks are shaped. This is a theoretical experts says adolescent health risks are shaped by behaviors rooted in gender roles that can be well established in kids by the time they're 10 or 11 years old. Here's what it says. Here's the myth. Here's the problem that children have when they're taught these gender roles. The study calls it the hegemonic myth. The perception that men are the dominant sex, strong and independent, while women need to be protected. This idea is starts in early childhood, reinforced by schools, parents, and media. Interviews with children and their guardians reveal that the onset of puberty triggers increased reinforcement of pressure to conform to hegemonic sex-typed identities and roles. While boys, men described having the freedom to come and go as they please to pursue education and other opportunities, girls found their mobility and access to education restricted, the study notes. As they enter adolescence, silence and modesty are instilled as desirable values. Ooh, modesty, you don't want that. As girls are pressed to behave in a modest fashion, this phenomenon leads to numerous cascading cultural perceptions. So let's think about this, because I do know that 
most mothers are very careful to tell their daughters to be careful, right? To be careful of men, you know, don't go downstairs with Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> don't go in, don't go into the basement with Harvey Weinstein. And uh, Sivan, Lauren Sivan talked about the fact that when she went downstairs, her friend said to her, if you're not back in 10 minutes, I'm coming to find you. That is good sense, right? So what they're saying is the problem here is that men are being taught to protect women because they're strong and women are being told that they need to be protected because they're weak and this is being influenced. What do you think happens? What do you think happens if you take that away? What do you see? This is the this is the myth, the mythology, this mythology, and it plays into what we were talking about yesterday, the mythology of the uh, noble savage, right? The myth is, is if you take away all this society stuff, all this evil civilizational stuff, then we are golden. We are perfect. We are beautiful. We're so wonderful. All you have to do, I mean, if you're a Darwinist, if you believe in Darwin, you should know that's not true. You look at the gorillas, they beat the crap out of their women. You know, you look at them, they behave, they behave like people behave when you take away civilization. It is civilization that we build with our spirits and our minds and our hearts and with our, with our Bible in hand and with our ideas, our traditions behind us that we're standing on top of. That is what makes people decent. When you get rid of gender roles, when you get gen rid of gender roles, you don't reach this golden equality. You don't come into this golden equality where we're all the same. All you're left with is Harvey Weinstein and the men who are too weak to stand up against him. That's what you're left with. Because if you take away this idea that men with their superior strength, with their superior size, are there to protect women, then all you're left with is the men who will use that size to abuse women and the men who are too weak and, and too cowed to protect them. When you sit and think about that love, I mean, she's a lovely girl. Lauren Sivan, is it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, she, she's a lovely girl. When you think about her cornered by this gigantic beast of a guy while he does what he does, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm sure, I know when I'm, I know that I'm talking to guys, I know that every single one of you is having the same fantasy of laying that sucker out. I mean, that is what guys, that is what normal guys think about when they hear about women being abused. You have the fantasy of laying that guy flat, right? And you want to get rid of that, you want to train that out of men. That's not societal, that is built in, that is built in. We are built to protect our mates. You want to get rid of that, all you're left with is Harvey Weinstein, and that's it. You will have a world of Harvey Weinsteins and the women cornered by them and abused. Sexual Follies, play that thing again. <laughs> All right, tomorrow is the mailbag. Yeah. So just think, just think this is the last day that you'll have any problems. This is the last day when you will be living this miserable, depressing life that you're living tomorrow. You will, I will answer your questions and all will be well and all manner of things will be well. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show. We'll see you then.